Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jesse DePlantis. Thank you for tuning in to broadcast today. I have a sermon for you entitled Advice for Living. Are you ready for a message full of good advice? God created you for a wonderful life and you're going to learn how to live it right. I'm telling you, you're going to be blessed. Now, if you, my eyes are a little bloodshot, I just got off that treadmill. I guess I should give myself some own advice. Don't go do some television as soon as you get off. I mean, I cleaned up and everything. My eyes are bloodshot because I pushed it hard. Hallelujah. But that's all right. I eat good and I exercise good. Call a friend. Tell him to turn that television on. You're going to get blessed advice for living. This is part one. And I'm telling you, if you do this, you'll live a great life and God will bless you. Let's go right now into advice for living. How many people brought your Bibles? Let me see. I like all them Bibles up. Hallelujah. If your Bible is torn apart, your life is not. I've said that so many times here. Write it down for you that have never heard it. If your Bible is torn apart, your life is not. Because every answer to anything you go through in life is in that scripture. It's past, present, and future. And it's just such a blessing of the Lord. I want you to go with me today to the book of uh, 1 Timothy. That's right before 2 Timothy. <laughs> I like Timothy because he's Paul's protege. He loves that boy. And to have a man like the Apostle Paul, you know, ministering into your life, in my mind, or my opinion, the greatest intellectual mind ever drawn to the rim of Christianity was the Apostle Paul in my mind, you know, phenomenal, a phenomenal intellect. But yet he threw it all away that he might know Christ. Think about that. That didn't mean he threw away his understanding, but he, he got away from homiletical, hermeneutical, philosophical things and began to preach re divine revelation to such a point that he said, if an angel comes and doesn't say what I say, don't hear it. Well, wouldn't that make the newspaper? <laughs> There'd be some killing going on for sure, huh? Somebody said, who do you think he is? Exactly what he said. An apostle sent from God. I said this yesterday, and I felt let the Lord to say it again. You can't be an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher until you become a disciple. So you have to be a disciple of Christ. That's the very first thing that happens. Then as you develop in your discipleship, then God begins to give those gifts of what I call the executive branch of God's government. And uh, there's a lot of people, they, they automatically want to walk in those five ministry gifts, but they hadn't discipled themselves. They, had, they didn't become a disciple of the Lord. And so naturally they're going to mess up, see. But once you went through that line of discipleship, then you begin to get into those apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, teachers, so that you're able to teach the body of Christ or preach. And it's just such a blessing. Timothy became that. It was a wonderful man. First Timothy chapter 6 I was dealing yesterday talking about the responsibility of hearing. And see, because when you hear something, it should change you. It really should. Uh, and then notice something, uh, but hearing is far more powerful than seeing. I can prove that to you. And, and, and people that uh, are in the merchandise have been have, have, understand that. You see, if you start watching television on a product, or well, it gets your attention, right? But if you cut the sound off, you're not going to pay no attention to it at all. You won't go buy it if you can't hear it. You just hear this. <laughs> now, they may be talking about how good their shampoo is or whatever they got you. But, you know, because faith cometh by hearing. They know that. You see, and when you put that sound up, you'll go down to that store or get it on Amazon, whatever you do, you know, and buy that because that's how powerful hearing is. And I want to tell you something about the Apostle Paul. He was very concerned about Timothy. Timothy had some problems in the church. 
fact, in 2 Timothy, he writes him a wonderful letter and he was in prison. Who would get a letter of encouragement from a person in jail? Think about that for a minute. But that was the Apostle Paul. He wouldn't move away where he was. See, I mean, he sends letters of encouragement. He's in jail. Most of us would say, can you get me out? He ain't thinking about that. Because he knew faith has no distance between him and his son, Timothy, whom he loved. I want to talk today in 1 Timothy chapter 6. I want to start reading verse, oh, Lord, Lord. Verse 12, we'll start there. Now, this here is amazing to me. How many Christian people do not understand that first sentence? It says, fight the good fight of faith. Most people don't do that. Most people fight faith. They don't fight the good fight of faith. Now, the Bible says it's a good fight. A good fight means you win. But most people don't fight the good fight of faith. They fight faith. Like what Brother Copeland was trying to tell that man, oh, you heal. Well, you know, I'm uh, trying to get him to say what God said. And when you don't do that, you're fighting faith. And you could take this, uh, you want to title this message, it's advice for living. You know, I've been on this planet pretty long. And without sounding prideful or arrogant, when I went into the ministry, I realized that this was my text. This was what I would go by, my constitution of spirituality. And yet, I will say 98 to 99% of most ministers, when they first met me, or when I first met them in the very beginning of my ministry, they said, you know, this is what's going to happen. They gave me their experiences instead of what the Word said. Now, I've had people say, well, how come you've never had a financial deficit? You know, I've never had a financial deficit in 40 years of full-time ministry. I've never had a bad year. Why? Why? Not because I got more faith. I just didn't believe it. You know, I kind of thank God that I was raised Catholic. Why? Because they didn't teach you to doubt. They didn't teach you much else, but they didn't teach you to doubt. I mean, I didn't know. We, 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 I don't mean that to be rude. They told us don't read the Bible, so we didn't. How many people my age know what I'm talking about? If you were raised, don't read the Bible, you go crazy. First time I saw a Pentecostal woman, whoop, 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 whoop. I said, she's been reading that Bible. That's what's happening. <laughs> now, the most amazing thing to me, when I did become a Pentecostal, I got flooded with the tsunami of doubt caused by experience, which made them mad at me because I refused. And they, get mad. they think it was cockiness and arrogance on my part when it was confidence and assurance. I just expected that God would do what he said. And I realized from the very beginning that I would not let time defeat me. Most people are not defeated for a lack of faith. They are defeated because of an abundance of time. When you, why are you even concerned about time when you're an eternal being? Yes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? An eternal being. So it makes no difference. Now, who don't want it yesterday? Everybody wants that. That's common sense. But it doesn't make no difference if it doesn't come till tomorrow. You know, when the Lord spoke to me, I'll never forget 1978, I was driving, some of you heard me say this years ago, uh, I was going to Opelousas, Louisiana. And I, I didn't know anything. I, the worst disappointment of my life was money. I was raised very poor, and I wasn't ashamed of that. Mom and dad did the best they could, you know. 
But I just thought, if I can just get enough money, son, I'm going to be one happy camper. I can even buy the camper. <laughs> and thank God that the Lord gave me a talent that I abused and used for the devil and made a ton of money with it. Knew how to do that. I play 11 instruments. I, I can do this stuff. I can do this for a living. Still can. And even with my white hair. And I remember when I told Kathy, I married Kathy, she was 17 and I was 20. Everybody got married young back then. Most girls got out of high school and they got married the next week, so she's a June bride. <laughs> am I telling the truth, you know, am I right? Now, it was worse with my grandma. She got married when she was 13. My mama got married at 12 and a half. She wasn't pregnant. But she was taking care of the whole house at nine. Had to quit school to take care of the house. Generations change, boy. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, those kind of things. So I remember, finally, I had money. And I was so disappointed because it didn't make me happy. Money don't make you happy, but it makes you comfortable while you're miserable. <laughs> Just want you to know that. Not what you ain't got to worry about clothes or a light bill or whatever, well, you know, stuff like that. But that don't make, let me tell you, it don't make you happy. Robin Williams was a very wealthy he could make the world laugh, but he couldn't make himself laugh. See, they don't care. the money they doesn't do that. What, you what I needed was Jesus Christ, but I never thought of God as a person. I thought of God as the Holy Roman Catholic Church because we were not allowed to talk to God. We were allowed to talk to the priest. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So I didn't know nothing about faith and I didn't know nothing about doubt, but I knew something about authority because you do what that priest tell you to do. Especially if you're from South Louisiana, because we don't even have counties, we have parishes. That's because of the Catholic Church. The diocese, powerful, still very powerful. Well, so I didn't know how to doubt, and I didn't know how to believe. So that, 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 that's rough. That's called existing or just trying to get along in life. So when I begin to read this book, in fact, the first Bible I ever got, I stole it. It was a Gideon Bible. I, t I told the Gideon, I said, listen, I stole your Bible. They said, no, no, you, I stole it. It was in a hotel. No, no, you didn't steal it. We give it to you. I, no, no, I stole the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so amazing. And I remember thinking, I got to read this thing. Because I was told all my life, you'll never understand it. And I never, I mean, I got, where did you, you start? Most people start with the book of John, Keith. I started with page one. I think that's how you read a book. Okay, y'all didn't get that part at all, did you? You start with page one. That's all I did in the beginning. Well, I was a beginning. And I remember getting through two or three chapters and I went, I can understand this. Now, when I got the Leviticus, I said, that's crazy stuff. I said, but there's something beyond the blood and the bulls and the goats and all that other kind of stuff. And I felt sorry for that goat that they put the sins on. <laughs> when you don't know, you don't know. That's right. But you receive knowledge when you read and the Holy Ghost begins to put that in there. I want to talk tonight, or tonight, today, about advice for living. I want to talk about fighting the good fight of faith, laying hold and being committed. And the only way you're going to do that is through the responsibility of hearing. 
So let me read that verse again. I only read one sentence, verse 12. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Then he says, lay hold on eternal life. In other words, you got to grab this thing. Lay hold on eternal life. Where in truth thou art also called and has professed or confessed, watch that, a good profession before many witnesses, not just the family and people you like. And if you go down to verse 20, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. The greatest gift you can, God can ever give you is trust. I never forget when some of you heard me say this years ago, we were sitting down, I had some of the big, most famous preachers in the, in, in the country, if I name them, you know them, and they were talking about financial gifts. Not in a bad way, what's the biggest gift you had? And I'm just sitting there listening. You know, and I'm there, I mean, and you know, one thing, there's a million dollars and blah, blah, and this and like that. Finally, they came to me. Well, hey, Jesse, what's the greatest gift you ever given? That's ever been given to you in terms of finance. I said, trust. They went, what? I said, trust. That's the greatest gift. I said, never break it, because you may never get it back if you do. Or if you do get it, it may take a long time before they ever give it to you again. See, they were thinking about that money, but to me, when someone gives a donation, I'm thinking, they say, what I think of, I don't think of that as financial remuneration. I think of it, that person trusts me. So I should not break that because it's too valuable. So he says, fight the good fight of faith. But the problem is most people fight faith. So write this down for a minute. When you fight the good fight of faith, what's happening? You are fighting against disease, social evils, and selfishness. The very essence of all sin is selfishness, thinking only of self. So when you're fighting the good fight of faith, you are fighting against disease, social evils, and selfishness, see. But most people fight faith instead of fighting the good fight of faith. He said, that faith stuff don't work. Why? Because you didn't work it. And, and, and then you begin to call God a liar. I know he said that, but that's the problem. You need to get your butt out of the way. God is not in the conjunctions like the church world is. He says it, he means it, you go for it. You need a good theologian to help you misunderstand the Bible? It's amazing how intellectual they can become and don't even know who God is. You know, Satan's pretty smart, but he's going to hell. There are a lot of smart people in hell. There's some dumb people in heaven. <laughs> Because you know why they have to learn when they get to heaven because they so didn't learn here. They just accepted Jesus as Lord and just got in. How do I know that? Robes, gowns. He gives you a gown of salvation and a robe of righteousness. If you want to know how things happen in heaven, it's the same way as military. It's what's on them. You know a general when he comes. What makes a general a general? A star. A brigadier general first uh, is, is a, a, a one-star general. A major general is two-star. Three-star is a lieutenant general, and four-star is a general. Five-star is a general of the armies. There's even a six-star. And only one person ever had it, which means general of all, all Marines, Navy, everything. Think about that. They offered that to MacArthur. He turned it down because the money wasn't good enough. <laughs> so he, stick, he stuck with his five instead. He said it wasn't worth it. So watch it, people fight faith. See, the reason why I have been persecuted for believing is they fighting that faith. When they ought to be fighting the good fight of faith with me. I ain't asking you for nothing. 
I'm just asking you to believe with me. But you, but you think because you can't receive that, no one else can. Not that that person that receives is better than you are. It has nothing to do with being better. It has to do with fighting the good fight of faith. So I had a lot of people call me and say, but Jesse, are you discouraged? And all this junk. I said, no, this is the best thing ever happened to me. I got people now know who I am. That I would have never able, they would have never known. There's no such thing really as bad press. It may sound bad at first, but mark my words, they'll come back. How do I know that? Richard Nixon. <laughs> buddy, I mean, he resigned from the presidency. People want to spit on that man, right? But buddy, he came back in about eight to 10 years before he died. He was an elder statesman. One good thing about America and all you people from different countries, one thing, we do forgive people. It may take us a while, but we do. So hang on, Roseanne Barr is coming back. <laughs> Not now, but mark my words. You know why? Some of you ain't gonna believe this because we're a Christian nation. They won't say that, but we are, have Judeo-Christian ethic. Even the ones that don't believe it will believe and forgive. Mm. So when you fight the good fight of faith, you are fighting against disease. So when I'm, I tell you to believe for your healing, that's fighting the good fight of faith. But when you say, no, I'm not healed, that's fighting faith. Social evils, the different things that are going on today that I am amazed at what's happening in the world that I never thought I'd ever see. I've never seen such discourse and such coarse language in the halls of Congress, the halls of the presidency, the halls of the judicial systems. It's amazing how we've really went, have backed up so much. Think about that. And we're at a point, man is so dumb, he creates weapons to kill himself. You know, if we, went, we had a nuclear war with Russia, Russia ain't as big as us. Russia's a small economy to us. Actually, a very small country. We, we, we would win, but we wouldn't have much left. Because between America and Russia, we, own, we have 90% of all nuclear uh, warheads, 90%. We would win, but there wouldn't be many cities left. There wouldn't be much in America. That's kind of dumb to die and never see what you was believing for. Well, we want to use that as a deterrent. Now, that's another crazy thing. Why don't you use your brain as a deterrent? See what I'm saying? So when you fight the good fight of faith, that's what Paul is telling Timothy. Fight the good fight of faith. I know you got it, son, because your grandma had it, your mama got it, no, you got it. And God told me you had it. So when you see that, then you'll understand this. Use every resource in your power to overcome every tendency of evil. You see, that's advice for living. I'm going to say something some of y'all are not going to believe, but I really have a hard time sinning. I have to make myself. I have to get in the flesh to do it. But if I crucify my flesh daily instead of Sunday, and I'm a church person, I want to say this. If you leave a church, you, you're, not, you're not dumb, but you're just flat ignorant. Because the only thing that the gates of hell cannot prevail against is the church. And you're going to leave that protection? You talk about protection. You ain't got to understand everything that goes on in church. 
The pastor don't understand everything that goes on in the church. <laughs> Nobody does. Why? Because people are in there. One lady said, I'm leaving this church because there ain't no love in there. There ain't no love in the church. I said, well, you got love? Yes, I do. I said, then where you going? You got what the church needs. Now, let me tell you something. That lady needed some advice. Like I said, the only thing that the gates of hell cannot prevail against is the church. Why would you leave the church? You want to live the good life, right? Well, how do you do that? You fight the good fight of faith. You do not fight faith. You fight the good fight of faith. And one way to do that is to use every resource in your power to overcome every tendency of evil. How you do that? The number one resource, right here. The word of the living God. I'm telling you, it is powerful. It will minister greatly to you. It will answer all questions. It's very past, present, and future. You can't lose with the word of God in your life. Ooh, I'm starting to preach here again. I have a question from a wonderful partner that I want to share. Her name is Patricia. She writes this. I love your theme this year. If you keep the faith, everything is yours. Your partner letters are really helping me build my faith. I've been believing for a miracle in my body for a long time. How do I not let time defeat me like you say? Great question, Patricia. First, thanks for being a partner. And thank you, because let me tell you something. Partner, those partner letters are designed to help each and every one of us. Number one, you are not a time being. You are a timeless being. You are an eternal being. So when you don't see what you want yet, don't go by what you see. Don't deny it, Patricia. Deny it's right and say, I want to tell you, I will outlast you no matter what. And Jesus said, by his stripes, you were healed. Not, not that you might be. He said you were. So before you ever had that problem in your body, Patricia, God had an answer. Remember, your answer is always older than the problem Satan is using against you. So don't be concerned about time. Who don't want it uh, yesterday? Everybody does. But see, that's how Satan, he keeps fighting you. When you don't even pay attention to that, pay, all of a sudden he says, this ain't working. So he just walks off and all of a sudden your miracle comes. Ooh, I'm starting, I'm starting to preach here. Praise the Lord. Stay right there. I got some wonderful things I want to show you here at Jesse the Planters Ministry. I'll be back in just a moment to speak another word. And I tell you, I'm enjoying this sermon today. Watch this and be blessed. Do you realize that God wants you to thrive, prosper, and achieve everything He's called you to do? Well, in my book, Suited for Success, I'm going to show you how to be fully equipped with all the essentials that you need to live a victorious and prosperous life. Your victory has already been settled. You can and will accomplish every dream God put in your heart. Suited for Success. Order your copy at JDM.org today. People are loving Kathy's new book, Suited for Success. It's our June product offer. I'm telling you, people just love this thing. We're getting such wonderful testimony from people who read it. Kathy gives you biblical tools that will help you succeed in every area of your life. How do I get it? You go to JDM.org and get your copy today. I tell you, that's a good book, Suited for success. Partners, I can't thank you enough for what you do for this ministry. Your faithful financial support is so vitally important in reaching people, changing lives one soul at a time. It's such a blessing of God. I say it all the time, I'm going to say it again, that we have not had a financial deficit in 47 years of preaching this gospel. How do we do that? Let me tell you how. I trust you. You trust me. We both trust God. And when we put trust together, my God, manifestation comes in every area of your life. You want a great marriage? You trust each other. And that's what it's all about. So partners, thank you for your faithful financial support. Nothing too small, 
Nothing too big. Television costs a lot of money, but you know what? We're not broke, praise God. We serve a God who's more than enough. And the hundredfold anointing is on my life. The anointing of increase, it's on me. I want it to get on you. I'm telling you, it, it will get on you if you just believe God's word. But it can't happen without a seed. You know why? It's the law of Genesis. As long as the earth remain, seed time, harvest time. Just the way it works, ladies and gentlemen. And God is so good and gracious. So pardon us. Thank you for being so courteous and kind. Now, don't miss next week's broadcast. We're doing Advice for Living Part 2. So many people need advice. And let me just say, when you fight the good fight of faith, instead of fighting faith, you know, say, well, I tried that and it didn't work. <laughs> Trying don't never get anything done. Doing does. The Bible says, be ye therefore a doer of the word and not a hearer. You see what I'm saying? I've had some people say, I'm going to try that giving. Try, don't try giving, do giving. And watch, watch the anointing of increase come upon your life. I'm telling you, and I don't let the devil, I don't care, I'm going to outlast him. I, <laughs> I'm eternal in this gospel and in my life. And what a blessing it is. We love you. Thank you, partners, for blessing us. We'll see you next week. God bless. Bye-bye. Every one of you have a vision. Everything you see was once a vision of someone or a dream. As our June partner offered today, we have a sermon entitled, You Do Not Have a Shelf Life. As a Christian, time doesn't matter. And as believers in Jesus Christ, you and I have no expiration date. We are timeless beings. Order it today at jdm.org. And guess what? You won't have a shelf life. You'll quit looking at the number because there are no numbers. Order it today, jdm.org. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come. angels are real and many of them are here today. God's Word is full of supernatural experiences by people just like you and me. My new book, The Hidden Help, I share a few of those biblical stories and some of my own personal experiences with angelic beings. Remember, this world isn't all there is. You are unique in God's creation and The Hidden Help is always here for you. Order your copy today at jdm.org. This is advice for living. The only way you get is by hearing. Is that we got to fight this good fight of faith. I don't lay down, people. I don't back up on nothing. 
I don't mean that pridefully. I'm not trying to man up. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I create my world. I don't let the world be created around me. I create my world and then I walk in it. My daughter tells me that all the time, Daddy, everything you ever touch prosper. You know why? Because I know what's coming. <laughs>